When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of Straight Up Sabres, presented by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo, brought to you by Thin Man Brewery. As always, I'm Brendan. And I'm Taylor. And Taylor, we are having our draft day special today, and we are happy to be joined by an old pal of the pod, none other than the man himself, Sabermetrics. Walt, how are we doing, my friend? Oh, doing great. Thanks for having me on. Really looking forward to talking about Sabres and some prospects today. Love it, man. It's always a pleasure having you on and getting your insight and expertise. Everybody, you probably know Walt again from Twitter, at Sabermetrics. He is one of the best follows on Sabres Twitter, a a fellow Charging Buffalo contributor, along with uh, Taylor and myself here. So we're very happy to have you back. I've had you on for several episodes in the past, and so good to always get that insight, like I said. And especially when it comes to prospects, because you definitely do your homework. You contribute every year to the Charging Buffalo's draft guide. So, you know, put it simply, you know your shit. So we're excited to have you on. We're going to talk about the draft. Again, this is going to be our last episode before round one kicks off next week. Well, actually, I should say this week as we're recording this on Friday afternoon ahead of the draft starting on Wednesday. And so with that being said, we're going to turn things over to Taylor now, and he's going to kind of give a little bit of an explanation of how this episode is going to work. Yeah, mostly I'm just going to ask the questions because I don't really have that much of an expertise when it comes to prospects like these guys. So I'll just uh, just going to ask some questions uh and like you know i guess get a little lay of the land for the draft i would say up front though it's nice that this draft seems to matter from a sabers perspective a lot less than it did in the past because they're not picking in the in the top 10 uh they already have a team full of guys to be excited by but i wanted to ask you guys do you know the last time the sabers didn't pick in the top 12 i mean technically Uh, last year well, the picks of Oi. I know. I'm just kidding. I meant the other two picks. <laughs> I meant the Vegas oh. and Florida picks. It was oh, a bad, I see. Well, it was I, a bad I, joke. I'm sorry. I should. Yeah, I should phrase <laughs> it. The last time they didn't have a pick in the top twelve. Ah, uh, would it be 2010, 2009, 2011? Oh, okay. They took Armia that year, so it's been a minute. That's eleven years ago. Wow. Uh, so many friends along the way that we've made and some enemies too. So <laughs> uh, just getting into this draft, I wanted to start at the top guys. The Sabres uh, will not be taking, but will be a part of the NHL future. The Sabres are going to have to deal with in one way or another. Uh, luckily, the first guy will be in the Western Conference. But let's start with Connor Bedard. Uh, I've, I've been kind of wondering because I've heard like kind of different things about this. He's obviously going number one. He's had an incredible juniors career and stuff, but he – I was wondering the level of prospect he is. Cause I think let's say post lockout, let's say post Crosby, the best is McDavid. Obviously was the, the most hype prospect. And you have like a different level of guys after like people knew Tavares was going to be good and Stamkos and Pat Kane guys like that. Then you have like definitely a lower level and then it gets down to like Yakupov. No one was excited about that draft. So where would you say Bedard fits in in the recent first overall picks just as a prospect? I mean, I think for me, I think he's, easily the greatest prospect since McDavid. And I think you could even argue that he's like as a profile, an even better prospect than McDavid. I mean, wow. I don't really know if that'll translate to being a better NHLer, but I mean, just what Bedard was able to do at the world juniors, like breaking point records there as a, just a 17 year old. I mean, absolutely dominating that tournament. Uh, the fact that he has such a late summer birthday 
He's just like three months away from not even being eligible to, until the 2024 draft. So, I mean, just putting that all in the context, I think the stuff that he's been able to do, I mean, the previous season and this past season as a prospect, I think that puts him up there with one of the best NHL draft prospect profiles ever. I mean, I think the only thing you maybe hold back on him is his size. Uh, he's like just under 5'10", so not the biggest forward. But, I mean, just the point total he's able to put up, all of that. I mean, his shot, I just think he's up there with some of the greatest ever. I mean, certainly McDavid's level as a prospect. Oh, wow. So you think like he's on the, I, I guess the, the list would be like Lemieux, Lindros, Crosby, like McDavid level. Yeah. I think he's at that level for me. Oh, wow. what about you, Brandon? Yeah, I agree with what Walt said. He's, I think far and away the best prospect, number one pick since McDavid, I would say in terms of like how his NHL game will translate. I, it's hard to say that anybody's going to be at the level of what McDavid is right now. I think that somehow you can even go as far to say that McDavid has exceeded the hype of when he was drafted with just especially how good he's been the past two years. What I would say, I guess, in terms of being like, not reserved, but like, I think what a fair way of comparing Bedard would be when it comes to how he'll translate to the NHL is that I wouldn't, because of how good McDavid is right now, I wouldn't go as far to say that like, yeah, he's going to be McDavid 2.0, but I think that like career-wise and where he's going to be viewed at among like the upper echelon of the league is in like the Matthews and McKinnon er like area. I think that he's going to be right there with those guys because I the shot is his calling card. Like he has an unbelievable shot. His release is ridiculous. He's able to be very deceptive with his shot too, in a way that obviously, I mean, like Walt said, he's just breaking scoring records left and right and was scoring like a hundred points as like a 16 year old. But I, I think even beyond how good his shot is like his hockey sense is really high. I think he's really good at taking guys one-on-one -on -one in that sense. He doesn't have like the breakaway speed. I feel like that McDavid has, so to speak, but I think you can, I mean, we'll see once he gets to the NHL, but I think what he lacks in McDavid's like speed and like twitch and agility in that sense, he makes up for with the fact that he just has in a generational shot. Like he is unbelievable with the puck on his stick. And yeah, I mean, it's, he's everything you want in a franchise change, like a franchise changer of a, of a one C. So there's really not much more to add than that. He's going to be spectacular. Damn, it would have been cool if he pulled a Lindros. Unfortunately, that been sick. he will be playing for the Blackhawks <laughs> this time next year. Or, well, not this time next year. In a few months, I should say. Uh, so the second overall pick everyone believes is going to be Adam Fantilli. He's uh, interesting as well because there's a lot of people have said he would go first in most drafts, which kind of people said about Eichel too back in the day. Uh, so do you guys see it that way, that he's really a first overall pick that just happens to be uh, in a draft uh, with – Bedard and like for example would he have gone first last year or 2021 uh and also what do you what do you guys like about his game uh I mean yeah I'd say just with this point production this past season I mean I believe he produced similar rate as Eichel if not better uh as Eichel did in his freshman year which was also his draft year so I mean I think just based on that alone I think he's just a very good prospect I mean we've seen the point totals uh it's hard to believe he's like an 18 year old prospect just because it seems like he's kind of been a guy people have been following for a while. I mean, already played a year of college hockey. He also has looked like he's 18 since like he's been 14. So <laughs> he's, I think that really speaks to his game too. I mean, he really just plays like a mature game, uh, pretty much already like an NHL or game. Um, I think he could be a great two way center. And the fact that you're getting that production uh, from a guy his age playing college hockey and a guy who's projected to be a pretty solid two-way guy, I think is remarkable. So I think, yeah, I do think he'd be a first overall pick in most other draft years. I mean, kind of similar to Eichel in 2015. I think Eichel probably been a first overall pick in most other draft years. So I don't think he has like the same, he doesn't have like the same speed as Eichel or like that type of athleticism that Eichel has, but I think he has everything in his game just to be a really effective NHLer, And I mean, that point production too. I mean, you can't beat that for a future number one center. So I think he's got everything you want in a number one center. And I think he's about as good of a consolation prize as you could get, which is pretty good for uh, just missing out on Bedard by one pick. 
Yeah, I think if you look at the last three drafts, he would have went first overall in any of them. If you look at Slefkovsky last year, power two years ago, and then prior to that Lafreniere, I think Fantilli would have probably been the first overall pick in any of those drafts. And again, a lot of what it comes down to is just echoing what Walt said. I mean, the frame there, like I think he's 6'2", 6'3", around there. The, the, the two-way game is there. He's physical, like... That's the thing is like, whereas Eichel may have had more like skill and better like skating, like Fantilli is just a beast. Like he is a big dude. He's not afraid to use his body. He's really good on the forecheck. He has a high compete level, which is really important, obviously, when it comes to these like high end guys like this. Um, You know, he's not like the best playmaker in like the sense of like how Eichel is or anything like that. But he's just there's really not a whole lot about his game that you can say that you don't really like. And again, the size just makes him more and more appealing. And I think as far as a fit goes, I mean, Anaheim is going to be a problem if they can figure out some more uh, depth on the back end with them and maybe a little bit more support there. Obviously we don't know what like Drysdale is going to end up being. And I know people have varying opinions on how they feel about him and whatnot. And you know, their goaltending situation I think is a little bit up in the air too. Like they have some good younger guys, but I don't think that they have like a pure, like number one pro like goalie prospect or anything like that either. Um, Walt, I don't know if you disagree with that or not, but I feel like with the way that their forward group, though, is really starting to come together, Anaheim is going to be causing a lot of problems in the Pacific Division in the not-so-distant future. Like, next, we'll call it like three years, I think they'll be perennial playoff team for sure. Yeah. Well, let's, I mean, again, glad that glad that's happening out West and not in the yeah. East. There's already too many good players in the East. Uh, this might bring us to the Sabres, uh, but an interesting guy here from the outside is Matt Vay Mitchkoff because... Last year at this time, it felt like a lot of people were billing this draft as like a big three with the two guys we've mentioned already in Mitchkoff. And there's been his stocks obviously fallen quite a bit since then. There's the report that he uh, would play two more years, at least in the K if he got drafted, no matter where he got drafted. And I I, I think that's weird that that's a big issue because Malkin did that. I know that was 20 years ago almost, but it doesn't feel like the biggest deal in the world to play an extra two years but that seemed to scare some teams off and then I guess his season wasn't as strong as some other guys uh and there's also a report this week that he seemingly wants to go to Washington and nowhere else uh which would be the dropping to eight which is pretty far and then there's also there's been a ton of talk around him in general about teams maneuvering or moving so why do you guys think he has fallen his stock has dropped like this and do you think he'll still be a good NHL player or a very very good NHL player more than just like good yeah I mean I think one of the reasons the stock dropped I mean it's obviously the fact uh with this status in the KHL and it's pretty difficult for NHL teams to meet with him in season and he like all the other prospects in Russia weren't at the draft combine so teams couldn't meet with him there and I really think I mean I think some of the stuff that's been coming out about like his game and like some flaws in his game some of it kind of makes me feel like NHL teams are just trying to justify like being afraid to draft him by trying to like mix in like questions about his skill and whatnot because I mean it wasn't too long ago where him and Bedard were seen as a one and two uh in the in this draft class and uh I still think he has that talent to be number two on any team's board I do think uh I think his position in the draft I think once we get closer to the draft I know there's been rumors about Washington wanting to move up in the draft, which makes it seem like there's other teams above that eighth overall pick or interested in Michkov. So I do think there could be some really interesting movement on draft day. I mean, all the teams are me with Michkov, I believe on Saturday, I think he's getting to Nashville then. So I think we'll get a lot more clarity on where he will go in the draft. Uh, but I do think if the interviews go well and NHL teams think he'll come over after those two years and will sign for their team, I do think he's a guy that could go in the top seven, top six, top five. Uh, he certainly has a talent and he's still ranked fifth on Bob McKenzie's most recent list, which shows the scouts still like him. So, I mean, it just takes that one team to really want him. And if it's Washington and say Philadelphia is interested as well, uh, maybe we'll see a team try to leapfrog the other to uh, be the first to draft Mishkov. Yeah, so I think, think Yeah, no, I mean, Mishkov is the best Russian prospect since Alex Ovechkin. I don't think anybody would dispute that. When you look at also his scoring comparables to just like coming up through like some of the lower Russian leagues and then into the KHL, I'm pretty sure that his like 
comparable or who he's like neck and neck with at just about every level. I believe that his age 16 and 17 seasons is Nikita Kucherov. Um, I mean, yeah, he's special. Like the, at this time last year, we were talking about Bedard and Mishkov the same way that we were talking about, uh, you know, McDavid and Eichel in 2015. I think with him, it, it's just the offensive firepower. Like, I think there's fair questions about some of his like play off the puck, play in the defensive zone. But when you have somebody who is just has the shot, the offensive creativity, the vision in the offensive zone, uh, the poise with the puck on his stick, like being calm under pressure with the puck on his stick and his finishing ability, when it's to that level of being that special, I mean, you take that guy a hundred times over and just never even look back. I, he signed in the KHL through 25, 26. I mean, I, I don't know. I, I know some teams would be afraid of that, but also like it's not the worst having him there in like a developmental sense like that. Like if you look at it for like, we're talking about in the context of the Sabres, I mean, if he somehow were to fall or if Kevin Adams were one of the GMs that Walt said, I think it's a more likely scenario that somebody's going to trade up and go get him. If he falls out of the top five, I mean, that makes perfect sense for a team like Buffalo where it's like, all right, you're really settled in with your forward group right now for the next, for the foreseeable future, if we're being honest. I mean, we've been talking about how there's already a log jam that's kind of accumulating right now in the top nine. When you look at the guys that are currently there with the top two lines being locked in, you have Middlestat, Krebs, Kulik, Oslin on the way. You have Rosine, uh, Savoy, like the Sabres aren't at a point right now where they need to go out and get somebody that's going to be like, okay, crap, we need somebody who's going to be able to step in in two years and contribute. So if you're looking at having to wait three years for somebody like that, I think that it's again, like it's a no brainer. It works out perfectly. And again, it doesn't matter what team it is. Like if San Jose is sitting at four and they end up taking him over like Leo Carlson or Smith or whoever, I mean, Mike Greer should just sprint to the podium. Like he is, he's going to be a special player. He's, he's going to be fantastic. He's going to rack up points. He's going to rack up goals and understandably, like, you know, people don't like the fact with like the KHL situation and the uncertainty that comes with that. I think also when you just take into account, like we've talked about previously too, the like war that's going on. And obviously with how the NHL, like we were talking about last episode, like that the league doesn't feel comfortable inducting Russian players, which is just a, preposterous thing um there are probably going to be some old heads in front offices that are going to be iffy about that sort of thing but the team that ends up taking him is is not going to regret it nice so i think well let's talk a little bit more about the sabers there's been some rumors percolating that the sabers are interested in trading up in some way Uh, i don't know i guess we'll see if that happens or not but in your guys' opinion, who would the Sabres be targeting if they're moving up? Like, why would they move up? Mishkov. <laughs> really? Yeah. I think Mishkov and the only other person that I could even think of there being any kind of a rationale. And Walt, I don't know if you would agree with this, is Reinbacher. I think that is, I think Mishkov is the only way they move up personally. And I'm like, uh, if there was like one other person like that I had to pick, it would be Reinbacher. Interesting. Yeah, I mean, what do you think, Walt? Yeah, I'd probably say the same. I mean, I think Mishkov, I think prior to them knowing like how interested some teams above them could be, I think it kind of seemed like a realistic option to trade up. I mean, the more and more teams get interested above them, I think the harder it gets. And like Reinbacher, I could definitely see an NHL team interested in trading up for him. My personal thing would be with the amount of capital it costs to trade up and draft a guy who's kind of still a question mark, like Reinbacher, you may as well as go out and get like Noah Hannafin or totally Brett Pessy or someone that you could just like sign uh, to a longer term deal and is already a good NHLer versus taking a gamble. But if, if they're in love with him as a prospect, I could see that. But outside of those two, there's really not, there's not too many guys that I think like may not have the chance of falling to 13. So, yeah, I would say Michkov and outside chance of Reinbacher for who they'd be interested in trading up for. And and I'll just add, too, I think what goes hand in hand with that, and we kind of talked about this with, like, Savoy last year after they took him, that in that, like, 8 to 16 range, there's just – there's so much variation as to who can go in any of those spots, and it really just comes down to what front office, like Walt said, particularly loves a guy and is like, all right, this is it. I think on top of that, too, 
as is the case every year. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago. There's always a guy or two that sneaks into the top 10 that everybody is like, whoa, that's a little bit against like conventional wisdom. Um, but that's the thing, like sitting at 13, like they're going to be able to get a good player. Like I had tweeted out today because Joe Yurden had put something up about like, who do you want the Sabres to go after? Walt, I know you are full on the Benson train, like <laughs> full steam ahead. And I'm with you on that. Um, but just like people saying like, oh, like, I don't know if Simashev or if Moore or um, or Benson are even going to be there. And, and the fact of the matter is, though, is that like it is it's a crapshoot when you get into that like eight to 16 range. Nobody knows who's going to go where because it, it could be any one of those guys. And so the Sabres sitting at 13, like, yeah, maybe they aren't going to get the prospect that they're most in love with. But they're still with how deep this draft class is. They're going to walk away with a guy that they could be extremely, extremely happy with bringing into the system. And that goes for whether it's a forward or a defenseman, in my opinion. OK, so well, I guess let's get to it. The, you know, the most likely scenario is always that you keep your pick. So they're at 13. Uh, I guess just an, an open-ended one. Uh, who do you guys think they're going to take slash who do you want them to take? I think, I think the question for me, I think I may come to a similar answer for both of them, but I do think a guy like Simashev, he's a guy who I'd like the Sabres to take uh, depending how the board shakes out. And I think he's a prospect who the Sabres could be interested in. I mean, just because they haven't really shown uh, any fear in drafting Russian prospects in the Kevin Adams era and Simashev, uh, I mean, he fills a position in need, like a, just a depth defenseman with a ton of potential that, I mean, if he pans out, you could fill out that defense group really nicely for the next decade plus. So I think he's a guy who could be interested in Sabres and uh, he's a guy who I'd also be interested in as well. But I mean, like Zach Benson, like we brought up earlier, he's someone that I kind of question whether the Sabres would be interested just because I could see them giving into like the old hockey theory that, Oh, we drafted a small forward like Matt Savoy the year before, and we're drafting a small forward teammate the next year. We can't do that. I mean, I'd like to think the Sabres have progressed past the point of thinking that way, but I still kind of have that fear in the back of my mind. But I mean, he's a player who I think, I think there's definitely a chance he could be there at 13 and uh, just his hockey IQ, I mean, some of the best of any prospect we've seen in a while. I mean, his point production, too, is incredible. He's a May birthday. So in comparing to a guy like Matt Savoy this past season, he was 16 months younger than Savoy throughout the season. And he even outproduced Matt Savoy just slightly last year, which is pretty incredible for a player 16 months younger than a previous year's eighth overall pick. So I think he's a prospect that's just special. In my mind, I think he's a top six prospect in this draft class. And if they had the chance to draft him at 13, he'd be the guy I'd go for. Yeah, both, you, of, both of the guys that Walt said are my two. When it comes to Simashev, it's, listen, let's add more big boys to the defense. He's a 6'4 defender who doesn't exactly have the most like offensively inclined game, but he can skate pretty well. He's able to be physical. Um you know, he's was up and down a bit, I believe, when it comes to like between like the KHL and the MHL and everything. But when he wasn't playing and he, he I'm pretty sure, Walt, I don't know if you know this or not. I think last season he made the KHL out of camp as a 17 year old and then they ended up sending him down a little bit into the season. Yeah, I believe so. It was like a mix of both. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. But that's the thing. I mean, it's that is just like a quality two way guy that you get there. Um and, and like, there's other good defensemen who could be on the table there too. Like Axel Sandin Palika, you know, like he's more of like an offensively inclined guy who's like a little bit smaller, but I think that Simashev just fits the profile really well uh, for like the kind of defenseman that the Sabres like, where it's just like a competent two-way guy who can skate well, um, not afraid to use physicality. And I think also too, like, I mean, he has a left-handed shot, but I think, you know, you have Darlene who's able to play on the right side. Samuelson has shown that he could play on the right side a little bit too. Who knows? Maybe Simashev can, maybe they try it with power a little bit, but Simashev I think could be a really nice long-term answer there potentially at D. Um, I, I would not be opposed to it at all. And then I'm the same way. I, I love Benson. I think like just the scoring comparables is really the thing that I think is what it comes down to for me. Like the guy just knows how to produce points. And I think having the familiarity there with Savoy is definitely going to help his case. Um, additionally, another guy that I like too, that I had mentioned in that tweet, I referenced earlier, Oliver Moore. I, I just think anytime that 
you can have a guy who is considered to be the best skater in the draft who has the motor that Oliver Moore has. I think that that's something that you can't really shy away from. And to be able to get a guy of his level of skating ability at 13, I, I would not be sad at all if any of those three guys were the pick. Um, and that's the thing though, like I said, with that variation in like that eight to 16 range, like those are definitely like my top three, I mean, two, and then the top three, I would say at that slot, but there's a lot of other guys around there too, who would be nice additions to the prospect group as well. And again, that's not from like picking for a need or feeling like you have to go out and get a defenseman or you have to go out and get a certain type of forward or anything like that. It's just, there's, this is just like a really deep draft class. And so it's nice that the Sabres are able to kind of be in this spot where, you know, depending on how those like seven to 12 go seven to 12 picks, um, you know, there's still going to be at least two or three guys there that it's like, wow, well, that guy could have probably went in the top 10 and it wouldn't have been that much of a surprise. All right. So a lot of good stuff here, but uh, let's take a quick break and hear a word from our sponsors and then we'll get to some more draft talk. Uh, so for starters, DraftKings. New customers, download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code THPN, but just $5 to score $150 in bonus bets instantly. That's code THPN, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Massachusetts, call 800-327-5050 or visit gamblinghelplinema.org. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY at 467-369. In Kansas, call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort. In West Virginia, gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net all games regulated by the west virginia lottery please play responsibly in partnership with hollywood casino at charlestown races in connecticut helpline help is available for problem gambling by calling 888-789-7777 or visiting ccpg.org 21 and over in most eligible states but age will vary by jurisdiction see draftkings.com slash sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources bonus bets expire seven days after issuance one boost per eligible game opt-in required max bet fifty dollars for 10 plus uh leg requirement 100 percent boost eligibility wagering and deposit restrictions apply terms at draftkings.com Sorry, sportsbook.draftkings.com slash baseball terms. All right, and then, of course, our second sponsor is Thin Man Brewery. And they just recently held their Go Skate Day and their summer solstice, so fully uh, summer for Thin Man. And they're having a beer fest this summer. So they're bringing uh, together a bunch of breweries at the Weirdly Wonderful Beer Fest, which will be held July 22nd. Tickets are already available. So... The number of breweries there, I wish I could read it here on the podcast, but it's literally too many. It's like a hundred of them. Uh, it's available on their website if you want to see that, and they've been kind of releasing them one at a time on Instagram. But yeah, quite a few guys coming from all over the place uh, to come to Buffalo, so that'll be it'll be very cool, very interesting. So if you're interested in that, it's going to be at Front Park July 22nd. Uh, there's an tickets available. The regular ticket is called the Instant Coffee Early Bird Special. You get access to the grounds from 1 to 5 p.m. and a commemorative tasting glass. Uh, and then there's also the Super Freak VIP. That's $150. You get to come in early at noon. You get your commemorative tasting glass, a limited edition festival shirt, two 500-milliliter barrel-aged stouts. It's going to be an exclusive release for the festival. And you get two 16-ounce can festival beer releases. So there's going to be more beers coming, obviously. So more information on that coming in the future. Uh, and then, yeah, if you're not sure where Front Park is, that's uh, at Porter and Busty Avenue in Buffalo. So check that out. Tickets are available at weirdlywonderful.com and also uh, Thin Man's website. So, yeah. And also, in general, you know, it's a, it's a good time to hit up Thin Man. You know, the porch on Elmwood's open, the patio on the second floor. Uh, it's a it's a good time. Anything to add, Brendan? Not really. You, you covered it all. Follow Thin Man on social media. You could find them Facebook and Instagram. They're not on Twitter as much, but follow them there. Check it out. Like we always say, whether you're trying to grab a happy hour drink, whether you're trying to go to get dinner with the family, whether you're just trying to go, uh, you know, go out and have some fun on a Friday or Saturday evening. Make sure Thin Man is the place that you're stopping at, and keep an eye out for all the other great events that they have coming up. Shout for out sure. to Von and Cam. And all our friends there, Thin Man. All the friends there. Oh, yeah. And happy birthday to Tim Kennedy. Yes. Thin Man. One of the seven that we know. Yeah. Not the Tim Kennedy you guys are thinking of, but Mm -mm. Thin Man's Tim Kennedy, we should say. But does former Sabre Tim Kennedy work at Thin Man? 
Who knows? Only one way to find out. You got to go there. Yeah, go look and see for yourself. (laughs) All right, so getting back to the draft, uh, you guys talked about a couple different guys there, but I was wondering in general what you thought of the idea that the Sabres really kind of have to take a defenseman because on top of being a top five scoring team last year, they also have Kulik, Savoy, Rosen, and Otsland, four recent first-round picks who weren't even on the roster yet. Uh, And then that's not even to mention the other second and third rounders that have been taken that are also forwards in recent years. So... The defense is not as deep, to say the least. Uh, basically, Rochester right now, you have Ryan Johnson. You don't have a ton of other really interesting prospects. So do you guys think they kind of have to – like, do you, do you, what do you think of that theory that they kind of have to take a defenseman? I mean, I think for me personally, I've always been a big advocate of best player available in the first round just because I've seen it burn so many teams, including teams like the Sabres in the past. I mean, I remember uh, they kind of had the opposite problem where they were loaded with defensemen back in like 2013, 2014. Uh, everyone was like, oh, the Sabres defense set for the next decade. We have Rista Lyons, Adoroff, Mark Pesic, Mark McNabb. Yeah. <laughs> and they're like, there's no room to draft another defenseman. We have to stop drafting defensemen. And then it turns <laughs> out that, I mean, some of those guys lasted a decent amount of time in Buffalo. Most of them weren't that good here. So I think... In terms of forwards and just drafting best player available, I think you just have to go for it. I think you just have to draft whichever player you think is the best in that spot because you never know a prospects and it can burn you in the end if you go against your instincts of who you think will be the best and lean towards a defenseman. But in my mind, I mean, Simashev is a defenseman I'm a huge fan of. Uh, Reinbacher too, but I think he'll be off the board. But Simashev, I could definitely see an argument that he is the best player available when the Sabres are up with the 13th overall pick. Yeah, definitely agree with Wald. I'm on the best player available train too. And I think also just like taking that into account with the Sabres situation, Darlene is 23, Samuelson is 23, and Owen Power isn't even legally able to drink in the United States yet. Like that is three of your top four defensemen so young that you are going to have locked up for long-term. And I completely understand. Obviously you want to have a strong pipeline and you want to have a lot of uh, of depth within the roster, within the organization, but like by and large, your bottom pair guys are generally like replaceable replacement level guys, unless you're, you know, in the kind of situation like New Jersey last year, for example, where they had like Severson and I forgot who the, his partner was, but they had like a crazy third pair, like teams like that, which you absolutely can do that too, when you're like a good enough team, but at least for the sake of the Sabres, three of your top four is already locked in and is not going to change. Like those guys are a part of the plan. They are a part of the future here. We think probably the Sabres are going to go out and make a big splash for a top four defenseman this year, whether it's a guy like Hannafin or Pesci, like we mentioned before, those guys are both in their late twenties right now. Seemingly, if you are going to go after one of them or whoever you end up going after, it's going to be for somebody that you're going to want to have around for a little bit. So let's say that they end up getting like a five or six year deal potentially, or if they get somebody who has a few years left on their deal, um, you know, I agree with the point about Simashev probably being the best player available. If he is there making the argument for that, um, you do have Ryan Johnson, who you're going to eventually think is going to get some chances there and the, to really kind of take a hold of a spot in the, on that bottom pair, who knows where, but like, at least on the NHL roster. Um, so I guess my point is, is that I don't think it's as dire as people I think have made it out to be. I think it's just the fact that we have such a deep forward group right now that it's making people be like, Oh, well, we're good on forwards since we have so many of these good young pieces here. And like, now we got to put the focus on defense, but like, again, three of your top four D are going to be locked up and are going to be here for, I think we could probably comfortably say like, Darlene and Power are going to probably both get eight-year deals. Samuelson is going to have – this was the first year of his deal, right, this past year, so he'll have five more years after this. I think next uh, year might be the first year, actually. You, yeah, you know what? Yeah. That, okay. Yeah. So – Seven that, years, then. So, yeah, exactly. So you're going to have all these guys around for a while, and you're going to have the flexibility to kind of move them around a little bit. I mean, I know the stance of having Darlene and power on separate pairs, I think is good to do that because again, that's going to be covering like at least 40 minutes a game of having one of them on the ice. Samuelson, I think has the ability to play with either one of them. So you do have that flexibility of figuring out, okay, we have this fourth guy here. We can see if they work with Darlene or power better or whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I, I don't think it's that dire. I don't think that the Sabres need to feel like they're into a corner pushed into a corner or anything like that. 
So that best player available for sure. And then honestly, if it comes down to it, like we've been saying, they have so many high end pieces that all of the guys that we mentioned of the forward prospects and the forward group right now, there is literally no possible way that all of them can be a Buffalo Sabre at some point. So again, if you're going to go out and take a really good young forward prospect, who's going to blow up, then that gives you the ability to have some flexibility to use one of those other guys, not Savoy or Kulik, obviously, but like as a trade piece, whether that be Ostland or Rosine or whoever, or whoever, um, it just gives you that flexibility. And that also doesn't take into account guys like Polkapov, who's really been stepping up and some of the other like depth guys for that matter as well. So the Sabres also, this would be on Thursday, second round starts. They have an early second round pick. Uh, they do. People might, I haven't heard as much buzz about that, but it's the last part of the the famous Ristolainen trade. They have Philadelphia's pick, so it's going to be 39th overall. Uh, that's fair, fairly early in what people are describing as a really deep draft. Uh, so what do you think? Is, is there any scuttlebutt out there about like what they should do with the pick, or do you guys have any thoughts on that? Uh, I mean, I know personally there's a bunch of like fun prospects like in the second round. Uh, two USHL guys, uh, Jaden Perron and Will Whitelaw. I mean, both guys – they're on the smaller end. I mean, there's still some questions whether they could put a complete game together, be good NHLers, but they just play such a fun game with a ton of skill. I mean, I think they're worth the bets uh, just because they could use kind of a long-term high ceiling forward prospect in the system. Uh, it, it's going to be interesting to see with whether they go uh, forward or defense at 13, because I think that could kind of dictate what their move is in the next round. Uh, if they go forward at 13, a uh, guy like Tanner Mullendike, um, out of Saskatoon he's a guy that's just not the base defenseman but one of the best skating defensemen in this draft if not the best skating defenseman uh, just a really fun piece uh, to add to any prospect pool I think if they can add a guy like him kind of adds a new dimension to their shallow defense pool and I mean there's even some goalies too in the second round and even the third round I don't know if they go back to that again after taking goalie in the second round this past draft, but I mean, you got guys like Michael Hrayball, uh, Czech goalie who played in the USHL this past year. Uh, you got a guy like Jacob Fowler, had a fantastic playoff run in the USHL. Uh, even you got an Italian prospect, uh, Damian Clara. Uh, he could be the first uh, Italian born or really just guy that represents Italy at the national level to be drafted into the NHL. So that's another guy to keep an eye out on. Uh, there's really a ton of ways they could go. I really haven't been a major fan of most of Sabres second round picks in the Kevin Adams era. So I don't necessarily think they'll go with my guys, but there's definitely some interesting options there. Yeah. I think a lot of the guys that Walt mentioned are all really interesting. Perron is definitely one for me. I also think it, it would feel a little bit better if they didn't take a goalie in the second round last year that had so many question marks. But I mean, if Fowler was there, like, that would be kind of cool. Obviously, Levi, we're banking on him being the future, but just taking line on in last year, I think really kind of just, I don't know, makes it a little bit less appealing for me at that point. Um, but an another guy too, I don't know. I feel like Walt, I he maybe is like, he might be a little bit more like later in the second round, but somebody I know of just like, again, that I think would be kind of a little bit of a contrast to the small skilled guys last year. That's like a bigger, heavier forward. Like if they do go Simashev in the first round is Casper Haltonen, uh, who's a finished forward. He's got like a really good shot, like hard ass shot. Um, there's definitely, I know some, from what I've been reading up on him, just the question marks when it comes to some of his just like, under pressure playmaking ability and things like that, but he has an NHL frame. It seems like his game, generally speaking, will be pretty conducive to the NHL. So he's somebody that if they stay put, maybe not at the Philly pick, but at the Sabres second round pick that I would be interested in. Also, I do just want to put this out there. We talked about, we teased this a little bit as like a possibility, but I also don't hate the idea if they have a guy that they really like in the mid twenties to put, package the two seconds together and move up and go get your guy. Like if somebody's falling and I, I, somebody did, I can't remember who it was, but I, I saw somebody do like the equivalent of what like a trade calculator would be for the Sabres to go up to like, I think 24 or 25. And it was essentially, if you were just to do the two second round picks, you would be able to move up and get your guy. 
if that's the case, I would definitely not be opposed to that either. Just to get go out if you're, there's like a surefire guy that you like that you know is falling, similar to how they felt about Kulik last year. Um, you know, I think that's something that shouldn't really be off the table as well, especially if there's a team again who's one of those perennial playoff teams who maybe they don't have a whole lot of prospect depth right now, and being able to pick pick up two like early mid second round picks, I think that could make it kind of appealing. And if that's the case, then that opens up a whole other conversation of who could be available in that like 24 to like 27 range. Interesting. So a lot to look forward to. Uh, unfortunately, the drafts could be held on a Wednesday and Thursday this year. Uh, it's going to be held in Nashville, which that's always a, a good time. A lot of people love going to Nashville. The NHL released today though, they're, uh, the NHL awards and the draft are obviously both in Nashville. Uh, the people that are performing, and I don't know if I'm out of touch or just not enough of a country music fan, but have you guys ever heard of these people? Brothers Osborne, Joe D. Messina, Kit Moore, Maddie and Tay, and Mitchell Tenpenny. You could have made up any of those names, and I <laughs> would have been like, oh, okay. Are those yeah. real people? I don't think they are. <laughs> and it sounds like an NHL NHL lineup right there, if I've ever That's heard. what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but it's Nashville. There's so many, like, famous people in Nashville. Don't don't the Predators have, like, famous country music fans? Several. Yeah. yeah. That is so uh, many. <laughs> bizarre. Just, just, I looked at that press release today, and it was, like, a press release from another dimension. Like, it somehow got leaked into the multiverse. Uh, yeah, so it's... <laughs> what were you going to say, Brendan? I was going <laughs> to... I was going to say they probably announced the Jersey thing being like, all right, we'll let everybody get mad about that. So they don't realize that we booked this dog shit for our award <laughs> ceremony, <laughs> which that's a whole other thing. I don't know if we want to talk about that at all, but like, Oh my God, Gary Bettman, you are a goddamn coward, dude. Like oh, absolutely yeah. ridiculous. Yep. It, it is just such a, I, I'm sorry, but like, I, I think everybody knows where Taylor and I stand when it comes to this stuff. We got pretty mad about it earlier in the year, but like it's a pretty much cower to just be like, all right, we'll just, we'll let the league take the blame for the owners being shitty and not wanting to let player or like for not telling players like wear the goddamn sweater and warmups, wear the pride Jersey and warmups. Like, are, are you kidding me right now? It, yeah. it's, just... it's none of them now. No, you can't have any of them. Yeah, no, I know. Hockey fights cancer. Uh, the St. Patrick's Day one they used to do. Military uh, appreciation, any of them, no, uh, any Black History Month, like none of them. Yeah, that's so dumb. It, it, like, again, this sport just loves getting in its own way. Yeah, damn. And this this country music fest is just another example of that. <laughs> Tim Joe and the Mud Brothers going on. And honestly, I actually think the NH. so I like the idea of the awards <laughs> and the draft being the same weekend in the same town. But this NHL awards has to be the most anticlimactic one I ever remember. I don't think there's really one award that's up in the air. Yeah. Coach, maybe? Is coach the, I shouldn't say up in the air, but is coach the most questionable? The Jack Adams? Yeah. Uh, I guess so, but it should probably just be Montgomery, right? Or is it going to be? I mean, I, I that's probably Andy's the most supremacy. up in the air. <laughs> Lindy? <laughs> yeah, I think, uh, I mean, like, all right, so like McDavid easily wins the heart. Calder's easily Beneers, uh, Norris, Carlson. There's other ones I don't care about, like the Lady Bing and <laughs> things like that. But like some of the, the Vesna, also probably obvious, even though maybe it shouldn't be, is going to be all Mark. Uh, is there any, do you guys agree? Or is there any of them that up, up in the air? Is it just the Jack Adams? Yeah, I mean, I've, I've almost completely forgot that those awards are like still up for giving out just because I already had all those guys penciled in as winning them in my mind since yeah. the regular <laughs> season ended. <laughs> yeah, because I saw that recently, uh, Eric Carlson being referred to as a two-time Norris winner. And I was like, no, three, I'm pretty sure. And then, no, yeah. it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> yeah, Give it a week. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, is there anything else you guys are looking forward to draft-wise or anything like that? Uh, I mean, not really looking forward to the late night Wednesday night and having draft during the workday on Thursday, but <laughs> that's that's a good point. Yeah, yeah, I, I would like that. I I don't know why they just maybe they just didn't want to go against the NBA, but they could have done it Wednesday this week, and then done it like the next one Thursday, like the next day Thursday. People don't watch the second through seventh round for the most part anyway. It's not a big yeah. TV event, so done that Thursday, and then you have the NBA last night. I don't know, or they could have just done Friday this week I, I i heard the reason why they're not actually having it on friday or saturday or something is because there's a kid rock concert 
you're apparently at. <laughs> well, don't come on here saying that. Come no, on. I'm pretty sure if you look out the schedule of the arena, I'm pretty sure there's a Kid <laughs> oh, Rock no. concert on Saturday or something. You mean to tell me the NHL got cucked by Kid Rock? <laughs> yeah. Oh <Wow>. my God. <laughs> He's going to tweet a picture like that, that picture of him on the beach, like give the middle <laughs> finger, and it's just going to be like to Gary <laughs> Batman. Yeah, deeply unserious league. Deeply okay, deeply that un-serious. is that's way, but that's a great reason actually. So, um, <laughs> all right, I get why they had to have it on a Wednesday. But now oh this this is going to make for God. such an interesting as and Walt, you know, as a fellow uh, content creator, a really interesting time crunch because it's going to be draft day one, draft day two, the kind of the day before free agency that's always really active with rumors and trades and stuff, and then free agency. It's going to be all in four days. So. That'll be uh it's gonna be wild. It's gonna be a long episode for us yeah. on, on Sunday. <laughs> Good stuff. Can't wait. Well, anything else that you're yeah, like Taylor said though, I mean, any any prospects that um we haven't mentioned maybe that like should be on the Sabres radar that you just like personally like a lot? Uh I mean, I would say there is a defenseman. Uh, who I mocked to the Sabres in the seventh round in my last few mock drafts, uh, Wojtek Port. He's a right-handed defenseman from the Edmonton Oil Kings. Uh, Mitch Brown, people may have seen him on Twitter. He does a ton of stuff with elite prospects with uh, tracking like micro stats and whatnot across various leagues. And he's a guy who's tracked very well. Uh, he's a right-handed defenseman of the WHL. So he's an option I'd like the Sabres to pick up in the later rounds. So Okay. That's just a name to remember, Wojtek Port uh, uh, out of the Edmonton Oil Kings. <laughs> what do you think the chances are that they end up trading 13th overall for some big move? I'd say I put it at 20%. I do think – I think if one of the big Honestly, names Honestly, not bad. There, that's, yeah, yeah. That's, that's not bad. If one of the big names out there is moved pre-draft and they're willing to sign up the Sabres long-term, I could maybe see it. It's just that – I mean, it really all comes down to how the board shakes out on draft day. I just don't think there's enough time for, like, the board shaking out to, like, decide, oh, let's make a big move now. Like, stuff like that doesn't happen too much. But, I mean, we saw a lot of movement with draft picks for players in the last draft. I mean, not that Romanoff uh, for that one draft pick was the best move for the Islanders, but it can happen on draft day, so... I'd go 20%. I think there's a chance they they make a move for something. Interesting. Guys, we have some breaking news. The Sabres have signed defenseman Joseph Saccioni. I always said this guy's name wrong. Sassoni Saccioni to a one-year two-way contract worth 775000 Your well, thoughts? No need for Brett Presci anymore. Forget <laughs> Noah Hannafin. We got the answer, folks. <laughs> He's yeah, a, yeah, is he a local guy? Yeah, I think like the car dealership in Niagara Falls, I think that's his dad. No shit. Yeah. Oh wow. wow. Actually, that brings up a good point though. Speaking of lo- of local guys, we didn't mention him at all, but Quentin Musty has been somebody that a, pe- a lot of people have really liked to maybe go to the Sabres. People have said him at 13. I personally don't see that. I think that that's a little bit too high for him and he feels like more so one of those guys that like if you're going to package the 2 seconds to move back into the first or something like that that you go do that to get him. But well, what are your thoughts on Musty and do you think that he's a realistic option for the Sabres at 13? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think I think the draft him at 13, I don't, definitely don't think it would be a horrible pick, but I do think there, there'd be better players on my board at that pick available than Musty. But yeah, seeing a guy like him come out in the 20s on Bob McKenzie's list is pretty shocking just because his production in the OHL is pretty impressive. I mean, he nearly produced that Shane Wright's draft production in his draft year, and he's a guy that went fourth overall. I mean, he outproduced Jack Quinn in his draft year, and he's a player who everyone cites his production in that season. And Musty is a guy that has a really late birthday. I mean, he's like nine months younger than Jack Quinn was in his draft year. I mean, he's a late summer birthday. He's a six foot two forward. He's got a ton of skill. He's a guy that I think a lot of teams are lower on than I think they should be. So yeah, if they're trading back into the first round and they could grab a local guy like Musty, who they did interview at the draft combine, I think that could be just a fantastic addition. I think he's got just a really high ceiling for a player that's going to be available in that part of the draft. Nice. nice. Where nice. in Buffalo is he from? I think Hamburg. Oh, yeah. well, you know what I did? I, okay. I did hear about that. Oh, interesting. All right. Well, uh, do you guys have any more thoughts on the draft or anything? 
I think it is. Yeah, the Sabres uh, go out and get Mishkov. Taylor is going to go streaking through the middle of KeyBank Center on opening night. <laughs> Taylor, your thoughts? I'm going to just – well, I was going to say the Russian flag. I probably shouldn't do that. Uh, <laughs> so, no, I'll just be streaking instead. Good alternative. Good alternative. Yeah. <laughs> um, well, do you have any recommendations for the people? Anything you've been watching or listening to? Uh, I mean, there is uh, – there's this podcast – called hockey prospectors keeping it to hockey stuff for the draft they're they're ones that they do a podcast with a Q&A one I think they go into great detail on there and that's something I really recommend for anyone other than this podcast preparing for (laughs) (laughs) preparing for the draft (laughs) come on Uh, on. yeah I don't think Brendan's watched this yet but I did enjoy the E60 special uh once upon a time in Anaheim uh, which is also hockey related. So Brendan will probably watch that soon and we'll talk about it after this weekend. It's happening. Yeah. Oh, no, nice. I'm doing it this weekend. Nice. So we'll talk after free agency and draft and stuff. Yeah. Sounds yeah, great. Walt, well, I recommend that if you want to check it out, it's, it's good. It's very interesting. Yeah. I got to try that. I'm a big mighty ducks guy. Nice. There we go. Love that. <laughs> Walt, do you want to just quickly too, before we sign off, do you want to just tell people again where they could find you online? Obviously plug the podcast too. We love Bill. We didn't, I don't know how we didn't give Bill a shout out to uh, throughout oh, the episode yeah. at this point. <laughs> uh, and anything else you got coming up at the, at the charging Buffalo that uh, people should keep an eye out for? Oh uh, yeah. I mean, you could always look for my content, the charging Buffalo. Uh, I usually do a season preview guide where I break down each player that comes out in like August or September. So Keep an eye out for that. Uh, also, just follow me on Twitter so you can get my tweets at uh, Sabermetrics. And, yeah, that's pretty much it. Love it. You're still down for uh, Dynasty Fantasy Hockey, too? Oh, yeah. I love a good Dynasty League. <laughs> good stuff. All right. We'll be hitting you up about that then uh, once we get a little bit into July and through free agency a little bit. So very excited for that. But, everybody, thank you all so much for tuning in to this special draft preview episode of Straight Up Sabres. Straight Up Sabres is brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network and the Charging Buffalo. Make sure you're checking out both the presenters of this podcast on their respective websites. Whatever streaming platform you're currently using to listen to this episode, make sure you're checking out all of our fellow shows. And before you close the app from listening to this episode, make sure you are subscribed or following to us and leave us a nice little rating or review as we very, very much appreciate it. And on social media, you can find the Hockey Podcast Network, Thin Man Brewery, and Straight Up Sabres, and Walt on Twitter for all four of us. But you could also find the podcast and the network's on facebook twitter and instagram you can find us at straight up sabers on facebook twitter and instagram on twitter we're at straight sabers and last but not least our wonderful wonderful sponsors we of course have DraftKings sportsbook make sure you're checking out DraftKings and using that promo code thpn at checkout to take advantage of great deals and thin man brewery stop in whether it's for a drink whether it's for dinner no matter what it is thin man is the place to be and make sure you're checking them out on social media so you can keep up with all of the great events and beer drops that they have coming up we'll be back with a brand new episode on thursday everybody going over round one of the draft and all the moves that happened there we'll be back then we'll talk to you soon thank you for tuning in this has been straight up sabers it's in my-